This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Shachtan, an indo Askeliga. Time in mon iroti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a machan shaw gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kieschin ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Yatakshe talam griven arkarstan ilistuha lagus kimen fracht gora kliksar dukeshen ekor. Oni ven aun tardarakshin. Schachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love, and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. So we begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello, this is The Left Wing coming to you from inside the Stade Velodrome in Marseille, where Ireland play France in the Six Nations opener tomorrow. Sinead Kassan here with Rory O'Connor. We're back in France. Maybe part of us never left after the World yeah, Cup, I'm not well, sure. I've been back already. <laughs> I was uh, in Toulon for the Munster game a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it's been a very familiar feeling week. I spent the week in Portugal with the team um, and even just... Being in, you know, it was a little bit like being back in tour where we spent so much time last last autumn being just kind of uh, them being away together, spending a lot of time together. Um, you know, so many familiar faces back from that World Cup. Really, there's there's very little change in the squad and you know, um, or or the management. So yeah, it's had a very familiar feel, and you know. I suppose it's a new venue for us. Yeah. We didn't get to come here during the World Cup. I was here for Scotland, South Africa, but Ireland never got down this far. Um, and I think that is the fact that it's a Friday night opener, the fact that it's uh, it's France first up, the fact that it's here. Peter Romani spoke about it in his press conference. It does give it a little bit of something different in, in what is the most traditional tournament in rugby. Um, but yeah, back again and looking forward to getting out of a bit of Marseille later on. Yeah, now I know you've been here before, as you said. Uh, I've never been here before. I like the stadium. It's like, you know, just over 67,000. They're getting the spider cam ready here for tomorrow. The lads down there, the ground staff are working on the pitch. It, it, like, it is going to be that cauldron, isn't it, tomorrow? Yeah, I, I know, man, he talks about it. He was, he was here in uh, 2014 with Munster. He wasn't actually playing. He'd done his shoulder that season. And uh, I remember he was out with a lot of the Munster fans the night before the game. Uh, he was here as a kind of a spectator. And right. obviously that ended poorly for, for them. They put it up to Toulon that day. And a year later, Leinster were here and lost to Toulon in the semi-final today. Ian Madigan threw that pass and, and Brian Havana picked them off. And Leinster more recently were back two years ago for the Heineken Champions Cup final in uh, when they lost to La Rochelle. So a lot of the players have experienced it. 
said so certainly the more uh, the, the kind of Leinster players in the squad most of them were here a couple of years ago they don't have great memories no. you know Irish team I don't think an Irish team has ever won in this stadium so um, it was redone at 14 it was only just half completed almost it was redone for the 2016 Euros it's very modern it's it's spectacular really it's such a great arena and it's in the heartland the French rugby or it's very yeah. close I know Marseille is not a rugby town but for people who come from Toulouse from Perpignan from all these places that we know from the Champions Cup it's much easier to get here than it is to get to Paris so I think they'll really appreciate the game being here. The other games are in Lille and Lyon, which are maybe a little bit further away. Um, Paris, obviously, is inaccessible or inaccessible because of the Olympics. But the novelty factor and the fact that it's in the heartlands, when they play New Zealand or South Africa here, it's always an incredible atmosphere. Yeah. And Ireland under Andy Farrell have never beaten France in, in France. France that's and right. I think that's a big factor. Um, and both of those games, those defeats that they had, one was behind closed doors, but they kind of, I remember Andy Farrell talking about how they went into their shells with the title on the line in 2020. And in 2022, with Joey Carberry at 10, they got spooked by the noise and they lost their way in the white heat of that battle and you know uh, James Ryan was captain that day he went for the post rather than going to the corner a controversial call at the time but afterwards all the players talked about being kind of almost the assault on the senses that came when France got on top of them and played through them and, and then they're face more nice yeah. yeah and that's a big challenge I mean they've been through the World Cup but at the World Cup there was 40,000 odd Irish fans on at their every side, game yeah. this is a very different one I know there's, there's talk of a big travelling support I'm not sure I, I, I'm well, going to wait and see I, I've heard between seven and 10,000 yeah which would be huge yeah. I've heard a lot of tickets on the resale market as well though, and like people spent a lot of money at the World Cup that's why maybe I'm a little bit sceptical but even then it's 60,000 that means there's 50,000 French people here you know in Marseille singing the Marseillaise they will add something to this and France like no other team feed off their crowd Yeah uh, so we're here at the captain's run as well this morning and uh, Joe McCarthy the first guy out I mean I think John Fogarty spoke about the energy that he brings to the Ireland squad earlier this week I don't know how Joe McCarthy's going to sleep tonight yeah, it's look, it's it's a big day in his life. Same with Jack Crowley, yeah. same with Calvin Nash, same with Kieran Frawley on the bench. Um, it's it, it it is a new experience for him. He has been in and around this squad for for a while now. He went on that New Zealand tour. He was at the World Cup. He came off the bench in a World Cup quarter final. So that in itself prepares him for what's coming. But to start. You know, having displaced James Ryan from the starting team, having yes. displaced Ian Henderson from the, the starting team, you know, other players like Kieran Treble don't, don't even make the squad anymore because Joe McCarthy's come on. And in fairness to him, he looks ready. Every time Leinster, have, he's been asked a question he's playing for Leinster yeah. this season, he has delivered in spades. He's been probably himself, Dan Sheen and Ryan Baird are probably the three form forwards in Ireland this season. Um, he's been outstanding. His numbers stack up. It's not just that he passes the eye test and then you go look at the data. He is the biggest collision win and both sides of the ball obviously he he has a couple of things to tidy up and some people you know Six Nations is a big event but some people will be tuning in and seeing him play from the start for the first time yeah. he will give away penalties he will push the envelope he will try and get some niggle into the game but that's what Ireland love about him and he was compared by Austin Healy on uh, TNT recently as uh, being like Eben Etzebeth and like Ireland have never produced a player of that size and physicality in the professional era we've always had to import them in to play for the provinces so at 22 the stage is set. I really believe that this guy, if he if his body plays ball, is basically going to be the cornerstone of this Irish pack for the next cycle, two cycles, even three. Um, it's he's such an exciting talent, and it's great that his form has been rewarded because it gives a sense of renewal to the squad. It does. It does feel quite new, and obviously the six-two uh, split on the bench as well. We were saying yesterday we don't like Andy Farrell has never done that before. I don't think any Irish head coach has done no. that before. So do you think for that, like it is kind of the first time that they're recognised? Okay, we've got a like this is going to come down to power as well. Yeah. Well, look. Okay. 
it was almost a badge of honor during the first cycle. I know Andy Farrell hates to work up cycles, but you know, chapter one of the Andy Farrell era was that four year period. Um, and now we're beginning a new, you know, he signed a new contract. He's staying on until 2027. And while he isn't, you know, there's no upheaval. There's a lot of very good players who are back again after playing in the World Cup. And even Keane Healy, who missed it at the, you know, at the stage of career he's at, he's been trusted again because he's the best scrummager. So there's no sense of a new broom coming in. But they're obviously learning all the time and having almost had it as a badge of honour that they always go 5-3, I think in part because of Sexton, because of the fear that he might pull up and, and you have to have cover in the back line. I suppose Crowley's 24. He's playing 80 minutes every week for Munster. He's young, he's fit. He 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 can probably get through, they can be more sure that he's going to get through things so that it gives them more comfort. And then you got Kieran Frawley mm-hmm. on the bench who can play 10-12-15 as well as Crowley who can play 10-12-15 and Murray can play 9-10. and 10. So you have bit of extra comfort that allows you maybe to do something that they've toyed with the idea. I'm sure they toyed with it before. And then it allows you to put Jack Conan, Ryan Baird and James Ryan on the bench and the energy that, and pace that they'll bring off the bench as well as James Ryan being absolutely wrecked. His head must be wrecked that he's not getting a start. Mm-hmm. You know, he was left out against Scotland in the World Cup. I don't think he would have played against South Africa from the start in the quarter, or sorry, New Zealand in the quarterfinal. If he was, fit, yeah, if he yeah. was fit, but he, he picked up an injury. He's got a point to prove. And no better man with a point to prove to come on and make a big impact. So I think it really weaponizes Ireland's bench. And, and like France will go 6-2 as well, or have gone 6-2. So you're almost meeting fire with fire and you're not allowing them to dictate the way the game finishes. So the key is to get a good start, stay in the fight. And you know, Ronald talked during the week that it comes down to the last 10, 15 minutes of mm-hmm. test matches. That's when you break a team. Ireland are well-placed with the bench that they have to break that team. Yeah, I just walked past uh, Crowley, Frawley and Harry Byrne there. So they were obviously doing their kicking um, here after. If, he, if Crowley was making his first Six Nations start tomorrow, he certainly didn't look like it. The three of them were just sitting there uh, chatting with each other. But uh, we heard from Peter O'Mahony as well today. He spoke very well, actually. And here he is talking about tomorrow's game and uh, also about... Uh, Joe McCarthy's impact. What kind of energy has Joe McCarthy brought to the team, and what's what's it like having him in there? Yeah, look, he, he's obviously what you know. The, the performance you've seen is, is the energy that he's bringing. Um, you know, big, athletic. Um, you know, what a man to do extras to, to learn. And, you know, he, he, he's been in a bit now, and. and you can see every camp he goes away, he's picking stuff up and he's learning and he's putting it in his game. And, um, you know, a young man, you know, eager to learn and, and perform and play well and, and, and press. And, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, destructive be a word I'd use for him, you know. Um, but, you know, loves the game. He's a great man to have around, great crack, and, and it's really added to our squad in, in more ways than just rugby. And has your former teammate and friend Johnny Sexton been in touch, taking on with you, taking on the new role now? Yeah, look, obviously we've been very close to him for a long time, and for obvious reasons, but we've been in touch for for, for, for many other reasons. Um, you know, I had a good chat with him a few weeks ago, and, and uh, he's in good form, I can report. <laughs> This one seems particularly special, uh, not just for me because uh, under my circumstances, I'm for the group and and um, you know, lots of guys in the group. You know, big games, you know, big opportunities for guys, big opportunities for every one of us. You know, um, to uh, to continue our journey on, and um, you know, what a place to do it. What a stadium! Just coming in there from the captain's room, um, 
haven't been here in a long time and um, fortunate and great memories, but uh, you know, what a place to bear It is obviously a huge day for Peter tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, is it the 11th time he's captain Ireland? Yeah. So it's not new. And I and I remember he, I covered the 2013 tour of the US and Canada when he was named captain as a very young young player. He played number eight in, in both tests. Um, Ireland have always seen him as a leader, as Munster, Munster yeah. have. He led the tour in, in 2018 to Australia because Rory Best was injured. And I remember being very impressed with the way he adapted his communication style to the media at, on that trip because times he can be a little bit hostile in press conferences or in interview situations he's, he's become more considered with time with age yeah I thought um, he was giving there today yeah, yeah. he was very giving and he was he spoke about being a more mature player about yeah. how he a younger Peter Mann he would have been you know suffering from pressure and anxiety now because he's the captain but he doesn't feel that way anymore he has had a lengthy chat with his good friend Johnny Sexton yeah. he spoke about that as well and he wasn't giving much away about it but <laughs> he uh, you know he, he like, told us Johnny was in good form anyway yeah so. that's the main thing but like <laughs> yeah. you know, look he's played under Paul O'Connell he played under Brian yeah. Driscoll he yeah. played under um, Sexton he, he has been a de facto captain you know he's a he, he, Sexton would have leaned on him an awful lot in the last couple of years but having said that it's now his team it's a Six Nations it's a title defence it's away in France Um you know, the contract stuff is bubbling away behind the scenes as well. So there's a lot on his plate this week and he has to manage all of that. But I think he's well placed to do it. I think he was, yeah. you know... But the heart can't, will be beating a little bit faster tomorrow, I'd of imagine. Of course, but I think it will be for a couple of players in that dressing room. And, and sure, that's probably no harm of Peter Armani that his blood yeah. is up. You know, he's he's a player who, you know, he he's a player you want in your, in your, on your side on a day like today. And, and look, his last day out with Ireland didn't go great. He was quiet against New Zealand. He had a great World Cup until that point and he didn't play particularly well. He was taken yeah, off. He won his 100th cap the week before against Scotland. Mm. That was a huge week for him. I was thinking at the time, would that play into the following week? Because that was such a kind of, you know, an important week for him. But yeah, he... And they got a bit bullied that day. So there's a bit of a, a bit of a point to prove there around the breakdown. I mean, like I said, obviously they're never going to get that quarterfinal back. But it, And they're trying not to focus on the World Cup. But for both teams, yeah. it's a reference point. They both, they both ended their last game in crushing circumstances in the same weekend at the end of two of the greatest 80 minutes we've ever seen in any, in any sport, never mind rugby. Um, and they're both back here. We just don't know how that's going to yeah. play into it. So, like, so what are you looking for tomorrow? I mean, we know that the line-out just completely malfunctioned in the World Cup. We know they were penalised at the scrum. We know they didn't take those shots that Simon Eastby spoke about last week. Mm. And they didn't take all their opportunities. And we also know that Andy Farrell also said that they don't want to cut the legs out of what they've done so far. But something, you know, a lot has to change as well because they are not the perfect machine. I think it just needs to be more accurate and more efficient because the they were like they weren't perfect uh, in 2023, but they were they were close. Mm. You know, they were so good across that 18 game winning run when they were number one for a year and a half and you know but I'm, I'm talking about in the game that mattered the most which was no, the World absolutely. Cup yeah, I'm, not dis- I'm not dismissing that but you, you don't throw out the good yeah. to get you know to, to, to correct the bad you get better at the good and I think what they need to look at is their start because when they were good in that in that period it was when they started really you really well you think about the opening game against Wales last year in Cardiff what, absolutely three tries in the first time yeah. absolutely blitz them on the back of a, a camp in Portugal and now like Sexton was there, the mm. provinces were probably in better form. It's been a very mixed bag for the you yeah. know of a season. Sorry, it's been a bad season for you know, three of the provinces, and and you know Leinster have been you know getting by a little bit. Mm. And, and one thing that would worry me a little bit has been their twenty two efficiency and they're they're working in the in the red zone because they haven't been converting a lot of the chances they're creating, which is goes back to what Farrell and Easterby and even O'Mahony today talk about is is you have to fire shots when you get the opportunity when you win a penalty on the halfway line and you kick to the 22 
well, you better catch that line out. Mm-hmm. You better nail your, your line out drill. You better not peel off too early like Ronan Kelleher did and got stopped by Jordan Bar- Jordy Barrett because against the best teams, and this is a meeting of two of the best four teams in the world, they're still, I don't think that, that's changed. I think that hierarchy, you can, you can quibble about who's the best team in the world, but the four best teams in the world are still New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland and France. They've all had a bit of change, but the fundamentals of this Irish team are still really, really strong. Jack Crowley is working off a really solid base behind a, a really powerful pack with experienced centres outside him, with an experienced nine inside him. You've obviously an, experience, an inexperienced winger in Calvin Nash on the right wing, but he's part of a back three being marshaled by Hugo Keenan. There's all, all the allowances are being made for those young players to go and thrive and they need to go out and seize the day. But from Ireland's point of view, it's about accuracy. It's about, paint, like oh, sorry, these are all buzzwords really but painting the right picture for Carl Dixon the referee another English referee yeah. they tend to get on top of Andrew Porter he needs mm-hmm. to be squeaky squeaky clean up against his old mate Weenie Antonio in the front row um, you know when they get into the 22 they've got to be you know they've got to win their breakdown like they got beaten at the breakdown against New Zealand something you'd never say about Ireland but they you know New Zealand, you could expect Caelan Doris like France would have watched that game as well Doris is going to come in for some attention someone's got to take the work mm-hmm. off him so there's lots to tidy up within the New Zealand performance and yet had they managed, had Kelleher managed to just go like an inch lower, they could have won that game, and we'd be looking back on a semi final or a final, um, and a very different experience. So like this, it was so close to being good, mm. to being very very good, and one of the great results, probably the greatest result in Irish history, that you can't just go let's start again. I think Farrell's right to do it patiently, but with the changes we've seen in the second row at out half obviously enforced on the right wing and on the bench, there is a there is a little bit of a sense of renewal about this team. Well, it is going to be obviously really, and obviously I take on board all that, just to see how they do respond, that emotional energy. I think this is such another, we talk so much about Andy Farrell and his management qualities, man management qualities, how they respond to this tomorrow. I think that's going to be a real test of um, his his managerial yeah, budget, uh, saying, you know, absolutely, and, and like if it has damaged them in any way and their confidence. Yeah, and France, and France are dealing with well. the same thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, and he Farrell is very, you know, they addressed it at the first meeting, but he is has moved on. He says he's moved on himself. He's, he's he's over it. I'm not sure the players are just yet. You know, I'm sure they've had a bit of. Um, time again like that kind of the fact that we feel like we're back at the World Cup I'm sure they yeah. do too so there's a, a bit of PTSD I think it was Jimson Gibson Park used that phrase the other day you know Ty Byrne said he's not thinking about it he'll deal with it when he's, when he's retired but I mean I'm not sure that's the right way to yeah. deal with something that's yeah. slightly akin to grief but it's you know they have Gary Keegan the, the performance coach there he reached out to them all Rugby Players Ireland reached out to them as well to say if you need emotional support you can get it you can talk oh, to I someone didn't over that. the course of yeah. the last couple of months because it was such a devastating yeah, of course, blow to them yeah. um, um, and we won't know until we they're out know. there and no. we don't know how it affected France but it's definitely a factor and Andy Farrell is now you know he built Andy Farrell's team 1.0 and yeah. it took about a year and a half of pain to get to the point where they were able to start winning games against New Zealand and then go on that series and win a Grand Slam and then go to a World Cup and have that incredible momentum and it all came shuddering to a halt but he did it in tandem with Johnny Sexton and we won't know I think until tomorrow night or maybe the the whole five games of this championship, how much Ireland are actually going to miss Sexton? Because he's been there for so long. He was the driving force. Players talked, and people can dismiss this, but players talked a lot about how training standards dropped when Johnny wasn't around. Well, that can't happen. If that's if that's what's happening at their training now, well, well then we can forget about the Six Nations because it's, it's. I mean, it, it shouldn't take one figure to do it, but it does seem like that's been the case. James Lowe, James Ryan talked about it over the years. Farrell talked about diversifying over the over the last couple of years and other, the, the level of responsibility away from Sexton and others have stepped up. But he was 
<coughs> excuse me, the dominant figure in this squad for so long that Farrell's almost building again with the same players, but the totemic figure is gone. And that, I think, is a, is a factor that everyone appreciates, but no one knows what it means until we actually see them out there. And it's not just on Jack Crowley, because Crowley's a 24-year-old no. who needs to experience this himself and ne- needs to do his own thing. He can't just come in and try and be Johnny Sexton. It's got to be across the board. They've all got to raise their levels to make up for whatever those intangibles that were there when Johnny was there. So, uh, obviously, the France team came out yesterday and looking at it on paper, yeah, it's kind of, what way, where can Ireland go after them tomorrow, do you think? Or is it a case of how France undo themselves almost? Yeah, I like you look at it on paper, it's very strong. Again, yeah. they're dealing with a lot of the same things that yeah. Ireland are dealing with. And, you, and I'm, I'm sure they look at the Ireland team on paper and, and draw breath as well. Because, as I said, the last time we saw these teams, they were part of two of the greatest test matches of all time and they still are incredibly strong, albeit they don't have their talismanic figure of the last four to six years in, in Antoine Dupont. So it's not like they're not dealing with some stuff as well. Ireland need to... I, I think the fact that they've got Mofana on the wing, mm-hmm. he's normally a centre. He has played a fair bit on the wing, but Calvin Nash is very good in the air. Um, I think you, you're going to see box kick and I think you need to stay patient. I'm writing about this in my game plan piece for tomorrow, but I think there's a lot... Uh, Ireland can't get bored if they if France go to the air Ireland have to stay patient we saw uh, wasn't it Hugo Keenan and, and um, Johnny Sexton get caught here in the corner against La Rochelle and that when, when, when things ramped up in that last 10 minutes and Leinster got the, uh, let the game slip they got impatient they, they rushed it they, they got frazzled even Sexton got frazzled in the white heat of a Champions Cup final at this venue uh, with loads of La Rochelle fans here and that would, would led to them being camped in the Leinster 22 for a long period and eventually they lost the game so Ireland need to stay patient um, you know the, the Farrells talked a lot and they talk a lot you, know, you see them doing the Gary Keegan breathing they, they talk a lot about you know if you make a mistake it's gone mm-hmm. because if you dwell on that mistake there's going to be another big French lad easier said than done it is easier said than done and that's what winning here is going to take so um, I think it's about taking opportunities being accurate at set piece not giving away stupid penalties um, and if they go to the air because France if you watch the Netflix documentary France don't want to play in their own half well don't get sucked into trying to run it back and get turned over and give them the chance to build a score because I think chasing a game here will be so, so um, difficult. It's interesting. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Posolo Tuolagi, Manu Tuolagi's nephew, has been recalled to the squad because Roman Tafafnua, the reserve second row, has an illness. Nice. So we could be seeing the 149 kg son of Henry Tuolagi, nephew of uh, Manu, um, making his wow. fans debut at the age of 19 here tomorrow night, which would be something else. He's uh, Anyone who watched the 20s last year, he played against Ireland in the World Cup final and in Cork and he's an incredible specimen uh, who caused Ireland's under-20s nightmares uh, mm. last year now different level here yeah, of course. but uh, just another little layer in- wow. into it so we'll see they're going to make a call on that in the morning but look, I think France if you look at the history I think it's 1972 Ireland won here in the years since Ireland have won three times mm-hmm. Uh Officially, I know Dave Kelly's done a big piece on on the win in Osh against a, a French team that was a, kind of a it was essentially a France team and a famous win. But if, if you look at Six Nations games and Five Nations games, um, you know it's two thousand, it's uh, twenty fourteen when they won the Six Nations and twenty eighteen yeah. all by two points. Yeah, Sexton's drop goal last minute, you know, holding out against a French team in twenty fourteen, and it took the greatest individual performance in Irish rugby history in twenty in two thousand. That's what it takes to win in France in the Six Nations and. You know, even we might not be in Paris, but it's that still has relevance now, and that's why I think it's not the only reason. But I think France at home, 
backed by that support, Ireland without sex, and I, I just think it's it's a bit a bridge too far. But like we are in a tournament, we're losing bonus points could matter down the line. Yeah. And I think what, our, what Irish fans need want to see is a good performance and Crowley settling into the job and and getting into that last five ten minutes with a chance of winning it. And then it's it's any it's it's open season. We saw when the top four teams played, it all came down to those last couple of minutes and and you know those fine margins. Farrell wants them removed from the mm-hmm. occasion. He wants them to take chances to build a big score, but that's going to be easier said than done here. Yeah, no, it is. Well, this place is going to be absolutely rocking. We are going to be back with another podcast. It's back to our kind of midnight 1am yeah, podcast yeah. <laughs> um, after the game tomorrow. So uh, do keep an eye out on your podcast feed for that. But thanks for listening. 